Hello, welcome to Foot Guns. It's me, Wasabi Wit Research with Hal. And today we have a very, very special guest. I know I say that every time, but this is someone who I feel like I've I've known um, since I started getting into crypto and DeFi and have seen you and your content evolve um, from the days of like how to use SushiSwap tutorials to um, your current current format, which is um, shirtless rants about DeFi, regulators, SBF, anything that, that comes to mind. So uh, we're thrilled to welcome Gabriel Haynes to the show. Um, welcome. How's it going? Thank you for having me, sir. So the first question I have... No. Go ahead. How do I use SushiSwap? Can someone explain? You you explain it. Sorry, right? Isn't that joke. what you do? That was a bad joke. All right. The first question I have for you is, what are you wearing right now? Absolutely nothing. I nude. So, okay. So, like, I was looking through your your posts and stuff to to prepare for this. And, like, that's what I saw. It was, like, very funny, like, looking at YouTube. It was, like, you have, like, phase one, Gabrielle, which is, like, you know, how to, you know, earn interest on your crypto or whatever. And then it's, like, now it's, like, shirtless rant. So, like, can you take us on that journey? Like, how did you get from... What, what you started as to, to what you're doing now. It's a natural, the natural evolution of things. You know, man starts out in a cave, perhaps with a loincloth. And then one day he struts into the sun and takes off his mini skirt. But wait, but, but why crypto? Like what, uh, like, couldn't you have done that with anything else? Yeah, obviously, but I love crypto. I got into crypto because in 2020, there was a big crash due to something called COVID-19. I don't know if you remember, but then um, Biden, Sleepy Joe, said he's going to print a whole bunch of money to save the world, to save the economy, to do whatever. And um, that reminded me about Bitcoin. Because Bitcoin is supposed to be this uh, hedge against inflation, so that's really what I got started. That's why I got started in crypto. So, you, so you, you actually uh, don't fight the Fed, bought the dip, you know, huge, uh, huge rally into COVID. You were just like, I'm, I'm in, I'm in crypto, and uh, now I'm going to take my shirt off and just go all in, right? <laughs> uh, no. It was, it's a process. I mean, it's not, um, I make a lot of videos. I make a lot of videos. So when you make a lot, you get a, a feedback loop and you can see what people actually resonate with. Um, and yeah, that's the, the, the shirtless machete stuff is not the only stuff I make, but it's the most popular. That's what the algo likes these days. No, the algo has no likes, no wants, no needs. It doesn't eat. It doesn't sleep. It doesn't give a shit. It's the people. The people want it. So the the algo feeds the people, and you uh, you feed you feed them shirtless videos. And so you you're literally you're just saying you literally just you you started making content. You make a shitload of content. So then you re, you just see oh this one's got more like, likes. Let me just make more videos like that. And so that organically brought you to this shirtless machete wielding crypto ranting uh 
State. I I I have to say though, um, I think you. I, I can tell you know. You say, oh, I bought crypto for uh, for you know this inflation hedge. Or I can. You you have a really strong way in your videos of like being right about the price action and stuff. I've noticed you. Uh, you know you you talk about the bull market. You talk about the bear market, but um, you're you're really in tune with the market. Are you are, like when you make these videos? Do you uh. You, you know, do you actually like go look at the market and stuff? Or are you literally just, you know, on crypto Twitter and just, you know, feeding what, what the people are talking about? You don't need to check the price to know the price in a way. Like people on crypto Twitter will give you the feeling without, you know, the actual number. So and that's the thing. You got to tap into the feeling more than the actual number, even even if we went up 100% in the last week and then we dip 20%, people are going to feel like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm losing, right? I'm losing, even though you're up, like if you just held for the week, right? Um, so it's really about tapping into the feelings of the audience, and that's 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 how you're going to get the most amount of, uh, you know, that's how you're going to resonate. So, like, this is really interesting. I want to dig into that more. So, like, how do you so you because you're putting out stuff every day, you like just have this pulse of like the vibes of people. So, like, what is what is happening right now? Like, what is what is the vibes? And do you have any advice if someone who is not like creating content? Are there people they can follow or things they can look at to sort of get this just like gut sense of where things are right now the vibe is that the binance cartel is pumping up the price and is manipulating the markets i swear to god that this is the current sentiment amongst many in crypto i don't even know what it means necessarily the binance cartel but it is what it is. So you tap into that. You tap into the cartel. People feel like, well, what does that mean that the Binance cartel uh, is pumping up? It means that they didn't invest in the bottom. They didn't buy the bottom. And they're upset that they lost on their gains. So that's the feeling that is going on right now from what I can see. And uh, it just comes from, you know, following the good people of crypto Twitter. Um yeah, there's a you got to find the the OGs, the real people. A lot of them are anonymous, uh, but the people that have a lot of uh, influence and sway within crypto Twitter. And crypto Twitter is the most important forum for crypto in general. I would I would say I have I have that feeling. Wasabi, you have that feeling. I I would agree with that. I um, what, like yeah, when I want to know the emotions of the market, uh, the crypto markets, uh, the, the number one place I go is, is crypto Twitter. So who are some of the people like the best people to follow that you think have this, like set this finger on the pulse? No, no, you're not understanding. It's not, (laughs) they don't have a finger on the pulse. They just have emotions and they're just spewing them. It's not like these people are not savants. Okay. They're just emotional traders. And I'm the same way. I'm not a good trader. I'm not a trader at all. I make videos. When I'm trying to trade, I'm trying to trade a feeling. I'm trying to bank on, I'm trying to make a a video that taps into a particular feeling. 
That's what I'm trading on. So like, if you want to get the feeling, just go down. You don't have, there's like, just follow the top thousand crypto Twitter accounts and you'll, you'll, you'll get that vibe. Just inject it straight into your veins. Exactly. Just like the bulk Clorox cures (laughs) COVID-19. Um, Okay, so you take you you ingest into your veins crypto Twitter and find what's going on and kind of like tap into the zeitgeist or whatever whatever you want to you want to call it, and then you produce your content, which are these days in the format of rants. So I want to ask you, like you've you've done rants, rants are working. What are the ingredients of a good rant? Kind of touches on what we um, already said. You got to resonate. You got to resonate with the people. And you got to say something true. The rant is a beautiful thing. Because the rant allows you to say things that you may not be able to say if you're talking like a normal person. But in rant form, you can curse. You can degrade people. You can make fun of them. But there's that kernel of truth. That at the bottom of it, people know that there is something here, even though you're saying it in a funny voice. Got it. Okay. Um, so here's here's where I want to really like get in deep because you, after the collapse of FTX, you um, got sort of like crowdfunded a investigative trip to the Bahamas to look for Sam. Can you give us just like step by step how that went down? So. To say that I crowdfunded it would be a mistake because I did not crowdfund it. This entire thing took place in a decentralized and trustless manner. The first start, the first, the beginnings of this, poor Dart, who is one of the best crypto Twitter personalities. So that you can add that to your list, poor Dart. Yep. He put out a poll. Like something like, uh, should we send money to Gabrielle Haynes to go to the Bahamas? Something like that. And 2,000 people voted and 70% said yes. Okay. So I responded to that and I said, well, it's going to, I can do this. It's going to cost about 10 grand. Okay. Yep. Then somebody else, Cuppa Joseph, on Twitter, he made a juice box page with with the ten thousand goal, with all the details, made an NFT for it, etc., and transferred me the page, and um, you know gave the first contribution, and we were off. So I didn't even start the thing. I just uh, I just once he made that, I put out a tweet. Like, if you want to send me to the Bahamas, contribute here. And boom, it happened. The the crypto Twitter people made it happen. Right. The hive mind, the hive mind made it happen. It wasn't your thing, right? Okay. So you got your, okay. So at the time that this happened, SBF had not yet been arrested yet, right? Like it was in this weird moment where like everyone was like, hey, there are all these crimes that happen, but this guy is just like fucking around and like going to local coffee shop and like tweeting and what's going on right yep no actually wasn't there people at the time that were like saying that he uh was still a good guy maybe and that maybe he didn't do anything wrong 
while they still say that. Yeah, I, I, I guess that's true. But yeah, so so you, uh, I, I just I have a question for you. I've seen, uh, you know, you have your wife and uh, your daughter. So we're, is that like your first step? You just look to them and said, hey, we just got funding to go to the Bahamas. Pack your bags. Um, and I, I did notice you didn't take the machete. Is that because they like wouldn't let you take that through the airport? Are you insane? Do you want me to walk around with a sword through TSA? Well, does it, isn't that what the internet wants you to do? <laughs> I'm not going to jail for 10 grand, baby. There's no fucking way. <laughs> okay, so, so you, you need more than 10 grand for, for that. Yeah, it just, it's not, it's not going to happen. I mean, what? I'm not going to, there's just no way. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. Like, I might seem like an idiot, but I'm not an idiot. <laughs> Oh right, well, okay. So on the on, the, on that topic, um, I have you know I've also seen you in I guess fields and uh, I don't know maybe standing by the road or something. Wait, wait. Let's let's stay on the Bahamas. I want to know like I want I want to like you you land in Bahamas. Like, do you have any idea like what you're gonna do? So like, what do you do when you land? Like, what's what's what is your plan? And then what actually happened when you were there? First step: make a video, of course. Um, but then. I um I rendezvoused with a personal contact of mine um who was an insider into the FTX situation who knew the lay of the land who knew how to gain entry to the fortified complex and I had a dinner with him and uh the next day he uh he took me to the place and we tried, we did sneak in that first day through a back entrance, which I thought was going to work. But as we were walking along the beach, basically the entrance, the place that SBF lives is called the Albany. And the Albany is very, very expensive place. $50 million homes, Tiger Woods designed the golf course, Tom Brady um, you know, passes balls to his children there in the fields, whatever. It's very expensive. Yeah. So, so it's on the beach. We sneak in from the beach. Um, there's no guard there or anything, but, um, so I thought we were, well, there was a camera. So I was like, well, then maybe they're not watching the camera, but we walk in, we get like probably five minutes walking on the beach and the security guard comes and asks us, politely to leave he didn't id us or anything um it was very it was very polite very cordial they didn't uh strong arm us or anything so we just said okay when we left but um yeah that was the first step to actually know where to go um and then from there i had to figure out how to actually gain access um you know without getting thrown out right away were you in any sort of like disguise? You know, did you did you dress up like a, a tourist uh, going to the Bahamas with like a Hawaiian shirt, or like something? the big camera around your neck? Well, I did employ a disguise upon the second entry because I knew that they already had, you know, the, they saw me. So what I did the first time I went in with I had unshaven. The second time, shaved. That threw them off the scent 100%. They had no idea what was coming. So that enabled you to get in? Just just the change of uh, of uh, facial hair? 
Well, no. It was a little more complicated than that. Basically, <clears throat> well, we had to figure out how to get in. So they have a spa there. So I was thinking like, could book a session at the spa. You could always lie and say, I'm here to meet Tom Brady in apartment 5A, whatever. But I didn't think that would work. But ultimately, what we settled on was there was a golf tournament at the same time that we were there. So uh, we bought tickets to the tournament and they just let us in through the front door. And um, once you got in there, it was pretty lax. Like when we got in, they're like, oh, you can park in parking lot C and then either take a shuttle to the tournament or you can just walk there. And as soon as we heard that, we're like, well, there's basically no security once you get in. If you can just walk wherever you want. So instead of parking in parking lot C, we just drove right up to SPF's apartment. And that's, yeah, that's how we got in. All right. So you're there, you're approaching the apartment building that SBF lives in. What next? Well, first, we didn't, I didn't want to um, take the video right away because I knew we would be kicked out once I started yelling shirtless. So um, we, we walked around a little bit. I took some other videos. I don't know if you remember, but SBF was like in a grocery store. Yes, I remember that very clearly. So I took a photo, like a similar photo in the grocery store. There was a video of him like running down the street. So I did that. Um, and yeah, I just walked around a little bit. My wife got a little bit caught up. She started to go shopping. They have like a shopping area there. I'm like, no, no, no. Enough of this. Enough of this bullshit. No shopping. So we go to the, once we're done with all of that, we go back to the apartment. Now, in front of the apartment, there are two guards, like, standing right in front of the door. So, obviously, I couldn't really film in front of them. That would have been cut short quite quick. Um, but we circled back around. Hold on one second. All right. So, uh, we circled back. I went back into the uh, parking lot. And... There were there was an opportunity there to film, so um, I started filming. Pu- popped off the shirt. Wife has the camera. Started yelling, screaming, um, and very very quickly, their security guy um, pulled up and basically put a stop to it. There's a video of right. There's a video of this. This is like the video of me um, in front of his house or apartment, I should say. Um, but anyway, so the, the security guy comes, we stop filming and he, at first he was like, it seemed like he was just going to let us go without doing anything. But then um, it became apparent that we're going to not going to get off that easy. So we started to, so we started driving back towards the exit to leave Um but then he kind of like pulled us over and he said, uh, you got to follow me, essentially. So we followed him and he parked his like little golf cart in front of the exit. So that meant that 
you know, we couldn't leave without. You couldn't just drive a car through his golf cart, obviously. You were right? locked. You were, you right. were you set in. Yeah. You couldn't leave without doing damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were, we, were, we were in there. So, and then he's like, and then at that point, he revealed that he is actually a police officer. I was like, not good, but whatever. Um, and he's like, you have to talk to um, my um, my manager. Okay. So, the manager comes out. His name was Nelson. And Nelson, he was a very nice uh, Bohemian man. And he gave us a little bit of a speech. Basically, what it amounted to was... He, he was mostly concerned with his own ass and his own people. He's like, you wouldn't want... You wouldn't want anyone to be fired here, right? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, something like... Yeah, yeah, because basically he he was in trouble. I mean, they should not have it should not be that easy to deceive them, right? Like it should not be that easy just to get into there. Because remember, this is a very this is a these are rich people, like super rich, top, you know, 0.1% yeah. rich. So like the fact that I was able to get in there and start yelling wherever is pretty pretty bad. On their part. But basically, because, like, I think that because, like, we weren't really trespassing because we did have tickets, like, and they did let us in. It was not like, you know, I commando crawled my way in there. We went in through the front gate. So there wasn't really much they could say about that. But once he gave us the speech, we just left. And that was that. So I, I just want to um, clarify your your intention from the beginning when you said, okay, I'm going to get in there. Your intention was I need to get as close to SBF as possible, take my shirt off and start yelling. That was your that was your aim. Pretty much. I knew that that was what needed to happen in order to feel like the mission was accomplished. That's amazing. That's well... I mean, I think everyone on crypto Twitter, you know, it wants to give you a pat on the back for uh, oh, not everyone, for not everyone, my friend. I've been called a grifter, a scammer. Oh, you've got wait. Okay, this is this is news to begging me. Begging yes. for a family vacation. Oh, many people. Yeah, I think I saw some of those, and I think that was bullshit, right? Like you're you're clearly like doing what you do and i see why you now why you framed it making sure that we knew that it was someone else's idea that you were going along with but like did did, okay so here are the question do you know if sbf like saw you out the window or had any awareness of your being there and number two like what did you learn overall about the ftx situation from being there like either in your conversations with the your contact or just like the overall like vibe of being there what did you learn about the situation that like an outsider wouldn't necessarily have gotten without being there on the ground? So I, I suspect that he was there because his car was there and his, um, and, uh, like a, about a week or two later, he was arrested there, not anywhere else. Mm. So I can't imagine that he was anywhere else at that time. 
particularly, and, and there was a couple things that are, it's pretty circumstantial. I don't have any real proof that he was there, but I know for sure that someone called the security guard between the time, between like the first stop and the second stop and uh, told them, you know, to make sure that we were escorted out, essentially. Now, that could have been any residence. didn't have to be SPF, of course. Um, but also the second thing was like uh, maybe like a few days after I had left the Bahamas, FinTech Frank um, mentioned, I had an interview with SBF and he mentioned that, you know, Gabrielle Haynes was there and SBF kind of uh, chuckled at that. Now, I don't know if that means he, he was, he knew I was whatever, but he was generally aware that I was there at the time. And I do think he was there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Not 100%. And what did I learn? I learned basically the, the, the main thing, the main takeaway was <clears throat> that most people liked uh, the FTX people. Um, all of the locals that we spoke to really liked them because they spent money. They tipped well. They didn't really cause any trouble. They didn't do any uh, crazy drugs. So like uh, we went to the Margaritaville where they had a... Um, uh, they had a $50,000 unpaid tab. And so we went to there to investigate and speaking to the valet guy, he said he had the, um, you know, the personal phone number of a few people in FTX, uh, just like, you know, friendly way. So yeah, they seem to, they seem to like them. So like the, the general vibe was that they were just busy running their stuff and, buttering people up there like there's a lot of talk that they're like paying off the regulators or just like you know they want to be liked in their local area right like they don't want to piss piss in their own uh, backyard yeah but also it's kind of like yeah well it's kind of like the crime that they were doing is uh it's not the type of crime where you where you need um they're not the type of people like they were doing the amphetamines, but they're not the type of people that do like crazy drugs in public from my from what I see. You know, they're mm -hmm. not you're not snorting rails of cocaine. They're not, you know, bringing strippers around everywhere, like just from the vibe. So and everything seemed to be on the up and up right across the entire world. Right. It's not just the Bahamas. Right. Before the stealing before the fraud came out, like everyone thought that they were good guys. Right. So, yeah. So let me ask you this, like during, like before the collapse of FTX from your like mainlining of crypto Twitter and like knowing what the vibes are, what vibe were you getting from SBF and FTX? And did you have any money personally in FTX? No, I never, I never have had an FTX account at all. So it doesn't matter to me, but um, the FTX arc, the SBF arc, it was an arc. I think that at the beginning, maybe in 2020, when I was just getting in, he was very well respected. And in fact, in, um, 2021, no, 2020, I went to Bitcoin Miami and I met SBF. I shook his hand. And uh, there was a lot of respect for him at the time because 
you know, seemed like really smart guy, seemed like the smartest guy around, knows how to make tons of money. And then as, as it grew, like I was living in Miami, so there was the FTX arena and, um, on every license plate, I know, I don't know if you've seen these vanity license plate with a sports team or whatever. A lot of people in Miami have Miami heat license mm-hmm. plates. And on every single one of those, it says FTX arena under on a license plate, which is like crazy. Oh, wow. Um, those are probably Man, worth those people something. are going to be driving around with this license plates for a while too. Probably, yeah. <laughs> those are probably worth something. Come to think of it, I don't know. I should scoop them up. But anyway, so like you see this guy, and then then he's with Tom Brady. He's with this person. He's with that person. They're like, wow, this guy, this guy is crushing it. This guy's a legend. But then, uh, kind of, it took a bit of a turn south even before the fraud because. Um, because of this whole like KYC, like regulation stance that SBF took, which was really odd. And he was like, oh, every, every DeFi front end needs to register as a broker dealer or in KYC or something like that. I'm like, and, and a lot of people, including me, I'm like, what the, what the hell is that? That's, this is bullshit. That's nonsense. Yeah. Um, and then, um, and then, yeah, and then uh, the fraud happened, and yeah, you know. Did you ever see? Uh, I, I I was at some restaurant, and I got a fortune cookie, and I opened it, and uh, the the fortune was sponsored by FTX. No way! <laughs> I think uh, I think I got that like September or something before the uh, before they finally. Oh my God. What about just like the fact that you know, like as someone in, involved in DeFi, like it it was no secret that SBF was just like industrially farming and dumping every DeFi project and some that he would, you know, his, you know, was funding as a, as a VC or whatever, but like just the idea that there's this institution out there pumping hundreds of millions into like yield farming just to dump the token. Like, did that sit, how did that sit with you? That's fine, baby. That's the way it's honest work. Yeah. This is where farming is all about. You can't make money if you don't take profit. Got it. Okay, so that's fine. That's like totally within bounds of crypto, like what you're supposed to be doing. But um, even even like as an institution. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really judge that. I mean, to me, that was like, okay, whatever. Like, it's not, there's nothing deceitful about that. It's all on chain. It's all visible. He's not lying about it. Unless he promised that he wouldn't do that or something but yeah. like it seems like okay it's just a trade there's a trading strategy got it all right that's all i got for you on ftx how you have anything on ftx no no i think uh, <laughs> i think that was a strong uh strong coverage I, I the only thing i'll add to it is i think for me personally watching your videos when you were in the bahamas i i, I got really excited you know when whenever you, you posted a new one when you were down there is i just had this sort of like is he actually gonna like get into the room with SPF? Like, you know, just this sort of like, it's almost like if you had gotten there, maybe it wouldn't have been as cool as just like this whole mystery of like, well, what would have happened if, uh, if you had gotten next to him and shirtless and yelling at him? I, I don't know. I, I just love that, uh, that intrigue that was there the whole time. Yeah. Well, I kind of timed it, um, 
where like I I released like the video of me. Well, yeah, like I I waited till the end. It was gonna be a progression. Like if I did that the first day, it wouldn't have had as much of an impact. It's kind of like building up to it. And like I I really. To be honest, I really never thought the entire time that I would ever get, I would see him. Like, I thought there was zero chance that I would actually see him. Um, but yeah, my goal was, was I knew that I could get to his apartment. Like, I knew that I could get there. So that was, like, what I was aiming for. All right. So, like, the last question on this was, like, you, you had said, like, you, you knew that there was zero chance that he was going to talk to you. But his kind of like vibe in the press at around this time was like, my life is an open book. I'm happy to talk to any reporter. He was giving these like Twitter interviews and stuff. But like you knew that was basically like his strategy and he wasn't going to just like talk to anyone. Well, I, I messaged him. I said, hey, do you want to meet up or something? But like, I mean, I wasn't expecting him to. I, I don't know. Did he respond to you, to that message? Not to that message, but... He did respond to the message about, you know, <laughs> there was the, this video I did, uh, the orgies, one where uh, wearing the cool cat's pants got like a million, like it's my highest viewing video. It's got a million views. I um, I sent that to him and I'm like, can you retweet this? <laughs> and he said, alas, <laughs> I said I would give him 10 billion if he retweeted it. <laughs> 10 billion tokens 10 billion dollars so he could pay back the customer <laughs> that's amazing has he ever interacted with you on dms outside of that um i don't think so i don't think so but i did dm him i did dm him before for other things but yeah i don't think he responded he does follow me though still does that's amazing all right. Um, well, let's talk about just like general crypto DeFi stuff. I know you're one of the founders of um, CreatorDAO, which is like kind of like a taking all of these random like individual YouTubers and podcasters and Twitter people and like putting them together in a DAO to make content for crypto projects to fill that need. Like, are you still involved with that? How how do you like rate how that is going? Um, I'm, I'm not super involved. Um, they got some good people over there, um, working on it, but I I think that it is overall a a, a successful project. It's had over a million dollars in revenue. Um, most of which gets distributed to the creators who participate. Um, and actually they're starting, um, out of Creator DAO is another DAO that is just forming now, Amplify, which is kind of like um, on-chain uh, referrals type thing. Um, so yeah, good project, still active. They still have clients uh, that come in for yeah content. And are you involved in other DAOs or like DeFi projects as an active contributor now? Nah, not really. Yeah. Anything you're specific, like bullish on or like, what what are your thoughts as like, okay, are we at the end of the cycle? What are the things that were either like successful and are going to stick around to next cycle or um, things that you think need to be like developed to get to the next level? 
Um, well, there's a lot of things, but one thing that I like a lot is uh, that's really been um, that's been improved a lot over my time in crypto for sure is uh, creator tools, creator monetization tools. Um, and like, yeah, so stuff that is outside of DeFi. So, so Manifold, um, XYZ is a very great tool for creators to mint, um, and distribute NFTs. I minted, I was minting every day, um, until, until I transitioned to a different model, but yeah, Manifold XYZ is very powerful. People have sold millions of dollars worth of NFTs by using that platform. It's very simple to use, um, and it just works well. Um, Another one is one I already mentioned, Juicebox. Um, Juicebox, the team at Juicebox helped me create um, the rant tokens. And the rant tokens are basically, it's kind of like Cameo. So you purchase a rant token, you tell me what you want, and I post it for you on Twitter. Um, I had started a project last year called Clipto, which was very similar, but I stopped working on it for various reasons. But this uh, iteration of it uh, works really well, um, and I'm very happy with it. So shout out to Juicebox. Um, but yeah, being able to, to, to use the chain to sell whatever it is, um, is pretty cool. And I will be also launching, uh, like a merch store also using, um, an app called slice. Um, it's a very new app, but it's kind of, I guess, kind of like Shopify, but definitely more integrated with crypto. So you can have you know, token gates, allow lists, uh, dynamic pricing, uh, you know, stuff like that. So creator tooling is, is very, it's, it's, is definitely on the rise, definitely on the rise. And, um, I think it's going to continue to improve. So Juicebox is like, what I thought of them is like crowdfunding, like kind of like crypto based, um, GoFundMe or something, but it's more than that. It's like you can also do tokens and NFTs to like reward people and and give give the reward side of it also. Yeah, so it is crowdfunding, like that's what the core thing is, but it's not just like Kickstarter because it's it's integrated into crypto. So, you know, the the big project that came out of Juicebox was Constitution DAO. Um, and the thing with Constitution DAO, they crowdfunded to buy the Constitution, but then basically you got tokens distributed, and those tokens just like mooned at some point. That was like the top of twenty. Uh, that was like the top of the market. Um, you know, so just being able to issue tokens to the people that funded you, is pretty interesting. But then, like for the Bahamas trip, the thing was if you contributed 0.1 ETH at minimum then you would get, you know, a specific NFT for this trip. It's like me, like, as an investigator, uh, essentially. And, and of course, that is integrated. Uh, You know, the whole thing is integrated. Um, And now for the RAND token, yeah, the RAND token, it's not really um, a crowdfund. I mean, it's just more 
funding for me personally, basically. Um, but people, what, what's nice about it is they can buy, right? They buy the token. The token is just basically an NFT. Um, and they can write a memo um, as they are buying it. So I can see like, you know, what, what they want exactly. Um, and yeah, so they get the NFT, they purchase, they write the memo. So it's, it's still, it can be like juice box, I think is, is it's a little bit more dynamic than that. And I think that the team there really wants to, uh, expand its use cases, like potentially, you know, doing some sort of subscription or membership type thing, um, so yeah, I think that it's a very interesting and flexible platform. Does it do do you get to um do stuff like can you say oh I want to only do one rant per day so it like limits the number of token sales or something or or is it a situation where if you got really popular all of a sudden you could just get the swarm of people trying to request rants? Well, the you? way we've been doing it so far is just by limiting the amount of rants that are posted. So the first round we listed 12 at uh, 0.1 uh, ETH, and those all sold out. So now we're on the V2, and the V2 basically we just we up the price a little bit to 0.11, and then we change the art, um, and we're like a little bit more than halfway uh, through that those tokens. I think um, haven't checked, but yeah, something like that. Um, so once those, so but the thing is, once they sell out. No one can buy until I re, you know, we re uh, refill it. So once the V3 comes out, you know, once this the, the, the second version comes uh, sells out, we'll uh, update the art again as we did with the V2. The V1 was different art. The V2, the V3, it's all different art on the token, um, and we'll up the price a little bit. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what we've been doing so far. I see that that makes that makes a lot of sense. That's that's really neat though that uh, allows you to do that. Yeah, and uh, shout, I have to say I have to I have to give credit to the Juice Box team because uh, and one guy in particular, Nicholas, he came up with the whole concept and he just made it. I didn't again just like the Bahamas thing. I didn't even touch this this Juice Box page. He did the whole thing um, and just set it up in a way where I get the distributions from uh, the the you know from the fund I get distributed the funds. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Awesome. All right. Well, I know we've like strayed away from your, your, um, core wheelhouse of, of rants. So let's, let's get back to that and close out strong with what I hope we can do is, uh, request some like mini rants from you. So I guess Hal and I will take turns giving you topics and can you just give us like, a mini rant or rave or love love letter whatever you like to uh to the thing or personality that we present to you i will do my best all right how you want to go first uh, yeah sure how about uh sleepy joe biden joe biden shaking hand with ghosts my god this country elects buffoons you go from one guy who's the, <laughs> the best president in the entire world to a guy who can't even open his goddamn eyes and he stands there like an idiot while the entire i don't know if you saw this video but there's an entire chorus singing behind him and he's standing there in a day <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right your turn all right we need to, we need to edit this so this comes first okay um all right, 
let's go with um, Anthony Pompliano. Oh, pomp, 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 pomp. Well, listen, I'm not going <laughs> to shit on pomp. A lot of pomp, he gets a lot of shit, but I believe he is a nice guy because I made a video. Um, I don't know if you've seen this video, but basically he was saying block fi to the moon, whatever. <laughs> so I made a parody of that uh, with my wife. Um, and he saw it and he, he messaged me and he thought it was funny. So congratulations, Pomp. You have a sense of humor. Good for you. I appreciate you. Content creator grind. Yeah, he is. He is a grinder. He's a, he's a creator. Um, all right. Um, Gary V. Oh, Gary V. I don't know if you saw my, my recent rest. Someone purchased a Gary V roast. Um, from my rant token, but Gary V, he's a legend, a legend who I was inspired by. My whole journey in content creation was inspired by Gary V, and I was watching very late at night on a balcony in Israel. I was watching a video on YouTube, and up pops Gary V, and it said, Gary V said, you need to be making a hundred pieces of content every day. And I almost fell off my chair when I saw that. But I knew that he was right. And from that day forward, I made content every day. Every fucking day. And that was like four years ago. So shout out to Gary V. And I interviewed his brother, AJV, a couple of year ago or something. Nice guy. Uh, <laughs> this, this might be a weird one. I don't know. Uh, how about a rant? To those people that drive behind you in your videos when you're by the road, you know, what what what, what do you want to say to those people? I want to say that you are witnessing greatness, people. You should stop and stare and watch as this chad of a man speaks the truth to the people. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Gary Gensler. Oh, Gary Gensler, you sick fuck. This guy's not protecting anything. He can't even protect himself. He's trying to protect us from airdrops. Bullshit. That's fucking bullshit. Free money is free money, Gary. Now, Gary, if you want to protect someone, go protect yourself from these goddamn airdrops. I don't need your protection. You're a sick fuck. You're corrupt. All you want is to promote your own interests. You don't care about the security and safety. You just want to make funny videos about Kim Kardashian. Uh, okay, well, let's just, we got to follow that up with uh, Kim Kardashian. <laughs> oh, Kim Kardashian, a legend who knows no bounds, a content queen, the first viral piece of content, the sex tape. I haven't gotten to that level yet, but maybe if I can break that fourth wall, I will become an even greater celebrity than I, a global celebrity. Kim Kardashian, she knows what she's doing. Well, you heard it here, uh... Gabriel sex tape uh, <laughs> coming soon. Me and Gary fucking. All right, I've got one for you. As as someone who spends a lot of time uh, exposing your skin to the sun in warm and cold climates, what? Let's go with the sun. Oh, the sun! Bless the sun! Thank you to the sun for providing us with the energy we need to move, to thrive, and strive in this great universe. Without the sun. We would have been nothing, a frozen ice cube, desolate, cold, and dead. So bless the sun and its nuclear fusion up there, thousands of miles away, heating us. I don't even understand how it works. 
but it's a miracle. Comes up every day. No fail. All right. So um, this, I mean, well, you can rant about this if you want, but uh, so I notice you have this machete a lot. It's, you know, by your side, you, you swing it around, you use it. Does it have a name? And uh, if it does, what's the name? Johnson. John Jonathan. It doesn't have a name. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't oh, well, you have you have to find a, a name for your sword. I think you know that's all. All great, all great weapons have names, right? You know. Listen, how, how, how? Let me explain something to you. Okay. Do you have a name for your left arm? No, it's a part of your body. Ah, uh, I see. I see. Uh, makes a lot more sense. All right, last one I have for you as a content creator. What do you have for us on Chat GPT? Chat GPT. Um, well, making content just got a whole lot easier. You don't have to think anymore. You just put a topic in and it'll spit out a whole bunch of garbage for you. So all those content writers, they're out of a job. They know it. They should learn something else. Perhaps they should learn how to build a house. Chat GPT can't do that. Do you use it for your rant? No. I think you have to pay for it also. Although someone did... (laughs) Someone did uh, prompt it to like rant about cryptocurrency, and it was very similar <laughs> to the stuff. <laughs> uh, stuff I was saying. So, yeah. All right, that's all I got. Hal, you got any others? No, that's it for me. And uh, I do have a, a hard stop in about uh, ten minutes or so. All right, so Gabrielle, thank you so much. This is awesome. What What's the best way? I guess follow you on Twitter. What, what's the best way if someone wants to reach out to you or get one of your a customized rant for their particular needs? Yeah, follow me on Twitter. There's a pin there. Um, I think it's, if you want to go directly to the rants page, it's juicebox.money slash at rants for you if you want to book a rant. But yeah, follow me on Twitter. I got YouTube, YouTube slash Gabrielle Haynes. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Sweet and yeah, we'll put uh, we'll put some links in the uh, in the podcast when it goes out, so it's easier for people to find them. All right, sounds good. All right, well, thanks so much for joining us on Foot Guns. Thank you to Gabrielle. Have yourself a wonderful day under the sun. Thank you, and GM. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. All right, cheers, guys.